Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's safety talk. All right. So my section's over forklifts, powered industrial trucks. Forklifts fall under powered industrial trucks. So certification for forklifts is a very necessary thing. There's about 100 deaths every year. There's about 95,000 accidents every year. There's an OSHA training standard. There's also an ANSI training standard. Those numbers tend to be around the same every year. So with certification, it's really important that you make sure that your certification is site-specific. So for things like HASCOM, a lot of that stuff can be like off the shelf. Everybody works with chemicals. What you learned here is what you'll learn here. If you have forklifts, they need to be site-specific. They need to be on your specific forklifts that you use, anything that's in your facility that you need them to learn about while they're operating those forklifts. When you certify people, you're telling them that they're an authorized operator. So only trained and authorized personnel are permitted to operate a forklift. Those people will also be authorized to remove unsafe units from operation. The only exception to this is trainees. So if you are training somebody that's never been on a forklift before, the trainer, the person that's doing your training, can be with them, teach them how to use a forklift. But when you're doing that, make sure that you're doing that in an area that's away from people, away from product, away from machinery, so that if they do make a mistake, it's in an open area and they're not going to cause an accident. So the training and evaluations, you need to do a classroom portion. If you look at 1910.178, that's the OSHA regulation for forklifts. There's an entire list of things that OSHA says, these are the things that you need to teach people on. So you address all of those things in your classroom training. Anything site-specific needs to be in there. Teach them what forklifts you have. If you change anything, so if you add onto your building and you add a ramp, then you need to do refresher training. These are the things that you need to do because we changed our building. If you add new equipment, so if you have an entire fleet of battery-powered forklifts and you switch over to compressed natural gas forklift, all of your authorized employees need to be retrained on the new equipment. After your initial training, you have to do a driving test. Make sure that they understand all the concepts. At Viking, when I do those, I try to make them do what their job will be so that it's like a real-life scenario for them this is what you're going to be doing. I need to make sure that you can do that. If they have to go through refresher training, refresher training happens, like I said, if you change something in your building, in your process, new equipment, if they've been removed from a forklift because they had an accident, so they end up having to go through classroom training again, and they'll have to do a driving test again. And then at least once every three years, they have to do the driving test. So you don't necessarily have to put them through the classroom training again. What I like to do is I still give them a quiz to ensure that, okay, you still understand all the concepts that was in the classroom training, and we have to update your driving test. So if you have multiple types of vehicles, so if you have battery-powered and you have compressed natural gas and you have propane, or even if you have all battery-powered but they're different, so I have forks on this one, but I have a clamping attachment on this one. If I'm going to have person A be certified to, to operate everything that I have, I need to do driving tests for each separate piece of equipment. Kind of touched on refresher training. If you witness somebody doing anything unsafe, if they have an accident or a near miss, their evaluation being their driving test. If during their driving test they drop a box or hit something, all right, we need to get you back into the classroom and you need to understand these concepts again. And then the other two I touched on already, different type of equipment introduced and workplace conditions changing. Horseplay. 
is an interesting thing. It tends to happen on the off shifts a lot more when there's not as many people around. The stuff that I have is not from Viking, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, as, yeah, as far as I know. So this one, you know, somebody's butted up against a piece of concrete. They're doing a burnout. Cool, not cool. Stuff like this ends up putting extra stress on the vehicles. They damage vehicles. This is not the only type of horseplay that can go on. I'll show you a couple videos of types of horseplay that can happen. But anything that they do outside of normal operation of that vehicle can damage the equipment, can damage them, can damage others. Overloading forklifts. So there, if you if you go on the internet, you just there's tons of stuff like this out there where people just are not paying attention to what they're doing. Okay, so yeah, so the guy in this video is wearing a fall protection harness. So improper use of PPE. So luckily in the video he doesn't get hurt, but I mean you can you can see there's poles and, and other forklifts that he could have gotten hurt. The harness could have broke. And then this guy, again, although impressive, not very smart. I like showing these to people so that you kind of understand what you should not do. When I do training at work, it's funny, you know, we laugh like we all did here, but it's like, okay, this is what you don't do. Aside from the safety factor, from a business standpoint, people are just wasting time. You know, even it, like if you want to get away from all the safety stuff and just look at your bottom line dollar. On top of all of that, on top of potential workers' comp claims or, or damaging the building, you have people that are just wasting time, not doing anything, so. And you put it right up there where I wish you could see it. Yeah, right? <laughs> all right, pedestrian responsibilities. The OSHA standard doesn't really touch a lot on pedestrian responsibilities. It doesn't differentiate who has the right of way. The ANSI standard actually says that Forklift operators should yield the right away to pedestrians. When I do training, especially because of our facility, it's really loud and it's not difficult to see, but everybody's working around machines and, and forklifts are doing a lot of stuff. So I always teach people that nobody has the right of way. I want them to make eye contact with each other. And then I don't care who gives right away, just one of you gives the right away. It's actually worked fairly well in our facility. People are very good about Actually, if you see a forklift or if you see a pedestrian, everybody stops, they do what they're supposed to do. So as a pedestrian, make sure they don't approach forklifts until the trucks come to a complete stop. The operator knows you're there, you know they're, they're there as well. Be aware of your surroundings, any forklifts operating in the area. A lot of facilities do have marked lanes. Our facility, part of our facility does have marked lanes, the other part does not because of the type of environment it is. So it's kind of difficult for us to do that. But the main takeaway is pedestrians share the responsibility of watching out for traffic. There are major differences between forklifts and automobiles. Yeah, they have steering wheels, they have four wheels, they go. But aside from that, you know, you have rear steering with forklifts. Forklifts tend to have higher center of gravities than automobiles. They are much heavier than automobiles. If you have electric ones, the battery itself is actually heavier than most automobiles. Because they're heavier, they don't stop as easy. So there's a lot of differences. So when you teach people just because you can drive a car doesn't necessarily mean that you can just hop on a forklift and be good to operate the forklift.
back to pedestrians. If anytime people are exiting from locker rooms, coming out into main hallways, break rooms, walking around blind corners, again, going back to everybody needs to watch out for one another. And that's all I got. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.